Hola. <laughs> and welcome to our podcast. You know who it is? It's um Let me do the no, fucking no, 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 no. intro. This is part of it. It's it's the slug lady from Monsters Inc. <laughs> Roz. Roz. Hello. Mike Wazowski. Yeah. She was like hot for him. It was weird. I thought you were going to leave it there and just say she was hot. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, Sam. Hello and welcome to Illiterature. With an I. What? Would it be why? It could be anything. Wait, If what? you're listening to it with your ears, there's, there's no way to know how it's spelled. Yes, there is. Unless you're like five. I just blew your mind. You did not. Yes, if you're I five, did. why are you listening to this? <laughs> Don't. Don't. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the time. No. Just go <laughs> just to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> if you're a child under the ages of six, just be in bed. One time I was forced to take a nap and I ended up trashing my room because I was so angry. <laughs> Where did all that fire go? <laughs> Gone. Who is it's gone. She? Eight years of university has killed it. Anyway, welcome to Illiterature, the podcast where one of us talks about books and the other one talks about me. I talk looks. about books. <laughs> <laughs> looks. <laughs> um, today I'm going to be explaining. But who are you? They don't know. Oh, I'm Sandy. Did you I... say your name? No. What's your name? Sam. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good for us. Okay, well today the book that we're going to be talking about is The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Woo! Woo. <laughs> Mr. Gray and his dang photo. Yeah. Here so what do you know about this book? I know. That I want to know what your okay, that I'm about conceptions to... are. Well, I'm literally about to tell you. Dorian Gray. He's a little bit of like a, a little party boy, a little loose boy. And he's like, I want to be hot for Evs. So he's got this portrait, and the portrait gets gross, but he does not. Mm. That's it. And then what happens in the end? Um, I'm assuming the portrait eats him. Oh, I'm so excited. Or he walks into the portrait and like... <laughs> <laughs> and it's a mirror world. <laughs> and everything's upside down. Or like, he wakes up and he was like, damn... <laughs> It was all a VR augmented reality. (laughs) (laughs) The first line of the book establishes the setting as a studio filled with the rich odor of roses. Um, So as we start the book, Oscar Wilde hits us with the smell of roses, the feel of a light summer breeze, and the smell of the lilac and the pink flowering thorn. So that's like three flowers already. So immediately he's kind of setting the tone as this is going to be a really sensory um, lush kind of experience. Sorry. This book. I was burped. Not because of that. Just <laughs> personal reasons. <laughs> okay. So it turns out we're in the home of Basil Hallward, a popular artist in London. And he's talking to his friend, Lord Henry Watton, who's also known as Lord Henry, and who's also called, like, Harry in the book. So I'm... Usually... I guess if you're, like, Lord Henry, if you're naughty harry if you're uh, no <laughs> nice oh, it's lord henry for the legal papers but harry for the good times yeah it's not well, and it's one of those weird british things i think where they like shorten already short names like people if your name's john people will say jack yeah it's already one syllable that's so weird and it's a completely different name i know that's you can't have both names can a british person please explain this to us this phenomenon that was the space in which you explained. Yeah, we'll, we'll insert it. <laughs> you have that we'll be much. like, oh, we were just written in by uh, crumpets and toast. <laughs> crumpets and toast? 69. <laughs> so they're like carb loading, but sexy. 
I gotta be real bloated in bed. <laughs> oh, the best kind of sex. Just party. Fart sex. Party. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, whoop. Don't know if that was me or the bread. <laughs> Okay, so Basil, the artist, the painter, mm-hmm. he's just made a new portrait. He's just in sort of the finishing stages of it mm-hmm. right now. He's got three flowers in his studio. Go. Yeah, or well, they're wafting in, I think, through like the open window from the gorgeous garden. Is there like they're a fucking florist nearby? <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's just outside the window. <laughs> just like flowers. <laughs> Selling her wares. The two of them are discussing the work. A picture of a beautiful teenager, golden hair, scarlet lips, and lily white skin. And although um, in the movie, mm. so there's obviously a, the picture of Dorian Gray. And yes. in the movie, he's played by Ben Barnes, but I disagree with that casting decision. Why? Ben Barnes is Prince Caspian, hair. right? Didn't yeah. they, did they not give him blonde hair? No, no, no. no. Well, they didn't like pull a Colin Farrell in Alexander with <laughs> this terrible blonde wig. They You'll understand him. when we watch it. They could have literally just dyed his hair blonde. They could have. Wasn't yeah. he blonde as Prince Caspian? No, no, no. He had dark hair. He's Who always had I... kind of like long dark hair. Who am I thinking of? Jesus. I'm not sure. But the person I would cast as Dorian Gray mm-hmm. is Ben Hardy. Who that? He plays the blonde one in Bohemian Rhapsody. He plays Roger Taylor. Oh, you know how he's like a beautiful boy and a beautiful girl? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one, yeah. Someone yeah. more androgynous. And he's got, yeah, like beautiful, full red lips. lips like blowjob well. lips, like Tom Hardy. 100%, yeah. I love, a, I love a man with like good blowjob lips. It's just like, I know what you're capable of. Tom Hardy could have done it, actually, I reckon, in his younger Too days. Too old. Oh, yeah. Young days. Yeah. Uh, Why can't like Brad Pitt real... just do it? Why can't the young Brad <laughs> in his younger, just Yeah, do he it? could do it. He could do it, definitely. Why but... can't, like... But he's quite masculine, though, still, even though he has got those big... Oh, he has to be more androgynous, eh? I think so. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is a blonde. Yeah, yeah, he could do it. Oh, he's got that. Blonde, he's got though. twink energy, you know. Yeah, you am know, I allowed to say that? Probably not. Are, um, are straights allowed to say twink? Well, our cat is named Twink, so I'm exempt. <laughs> That's so when problematic. I, when I say big twink energy, I mean the cat. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the cat is feminine, um, delicate. <laughs> And likes to party. <laughs> Is uh, a bottom? That's we're going to get cancelled. Yeah. Okay. Before we even begin. About, I don't want to think about Twink getting picked. I don't want to think about that. But like, it's crazy because her name's Twink, but she's a top. <laughs> yeah, it's her paradox. Harry thinks it's a great portrait and he tells Basil that he should exhibit it. But Basil blanches at the idea. He says <gasps> he can't. And the reason he gives it, he's put too much of himself into the work. Mm-hmm. So we delve into what that might mean. Henry thinks it's a pretty poor excuse. So Basil has to explain further. Um, So Basil tells him about when he met the subject of the painting, which is, of course, Dorian Gray. When he saw him at a high society party, he became seized with a kind of inexplicable dread. Then, as he interacts with Dorian, he becomes obsessed with him. Dorian becomes Basil's friend and also his greatest and the only inspiration for his art. So Basil keeps painting him over and over again, and he does it in like different aspects. So he might paint him as Hercules, and then he'll paint him as Narcissus, like figures in Greek myth and and heroes, ancient heroes and stuff. Just anyone. This is talented, Mr. Ripley. Haven't seen it. (laughs) Um, I have, but I can't remember. It's definitely like homoerotic in a similar way. Perfect. Um, Oh, Jude Law. Jude Law, young Jude Law. Actually, no, I put Jude Law, like old Jude Law, as Harry, as Lord Henry. Lord, Lord Harry. So Colin Firth plays him Firth? in the movie. 
Oh, yeah. interesting. But okay, you'll learn a bit more about Harry in a second, and you'll and then maybe you can have a think about it. All right. Wild calls this obsession that Basil has with Dorian artistic idolatry. Hmm. Um, so quick sidebar: some contemporary critics condemn the picture of Dorian Gray as decadent or unmanly, which is code for homoerotic. It's <laughs> <laughs> like nineteenth-century code for like it's very gay, and it wasn't entirely without reason because the relationship between Basil and Dorian, hmm. as well as the one between Harry and Dorian, to a lesser extent, is clearly homoerotic. Well, dude, isn't Oscar Wilde soups gay? Yeah, he was, yeah. He yeah. got arrested and, and put in jail for... Um, for being gay. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, great. I love the old days. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great time. So Wilde never uses explicitly language to refer to any of the relationships between these guys. Subtext. But he definitely... Sorry? I just said the word subtext. Yeah, well, 100%. And, and it's... And the language that he does use references like a romantic level of intimacy. So an example of this is um, Lord Henry says, tell me more about Mr. Dorian Gray. How often do you see him? And Basil says, every day. I couldn't be happy if I didn't see him every day. He is absolutely necessary to me. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. Also, he's like 19. (laughs) Dorian? Yeah. Yeah. How old old are these two fuckers? Late 20s. Oh, really? Lord Henry said... I think Lord Henry's a bit older. He's been married for a while. I'd actually put him at like 40. Yeah, I was going to say. But Basil the artist a, is pretty... Basil um, might be a bit younger. Okay. But it kind of doesn't matter, I feel like, at this period of time. That's true. It's like, once you're legal, it's fun. Is there well, even... Yeah, but, but even just like, society didn't depend on your age. It depended on your class. Mm. In... Oh, yeah, and continuing with the sidebar, in 1895, five years after Dorian Gray was published, Wilde was convicted of sodomy. So that was the crime that he was convicted of for his romantic and sexual relationship with Lord Alfred Douglas. Um, Oscar Wilde, top or bottom? (laughs) (laughs) uh, All rounder? (laughs) Do you think? Switch. Mm, um, Great writer, ultimately. (laughs) Dead. Dead. Lord Henry is intrigued by what Basil's saying. So he thinks back to when he might have heard the name Dorian Gray before, and he recalls his aunt, Lady Agatha, um, mentioned a young man of that name, was helping her with her charity work in, like, the slums of London. She, like, helps the poor out. Lo and behold, Dorian Gray has just arrived oh, here in he the is. studio. Yes. Um, to sit, sort of, for the, mm. for the last time for this particular portrait. And Harry wants to meet him. Because he's so intrigued now. Yeah, he's like, what's up with this honey? Yeah, what's up with this honey? Basil (laughs) asks him not to. He's like, can you please leave? (laughs) (laughs) This is is private. Yeah. Um, He's embarrassed and maybe a little bit afraid Dorian will like Harry too much. Harry's a very charming guy. Oh, yeah. Harry doesn't budge, though, so Basil Basil simply asks him not to influence Dorian. (laughs) Which becomes a big theme in the novel, how someone's morals can be influenced by other people. Yeah, that's a thing. Peer yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, and even objects such as texts or work of arts might be works. Texts or works of art might be able to work of arts. Work of arts <laughs> <laughs> might be able to influence people. Now, I just want to take a moment to explain kind of who Harry is, because I think you'll like him a lot. Well, now I'm just picturing him as Colin Firth, but in Kingsman, because his okay. name is Harry there too. Was it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Harry is, for lack of a better word, an edgelord. Oh my god. <laughs> an edgelord. Do you love him? 
I don't know yet. Okay, so I just wanted to give you a couple examples of the kinds of things he says. I've got, I think. Three Excuse me. Does does he have like a bowl cut? Like, what's happening? No, he, I think it's. Um, look, just listen to this. Okay. <laughs> this right. is some stuff that. Just stuff. Harry, Harry stuff. Says. We are, and I'm gonna do his voice. Oh wait, excuse me. You know who could play Dorian Gray, but not blonde? Harry Styles. Yes. Right. But he could go blonde quite easily. He's got fairly fair. I don't fair know. Blonde. I don't know if he'd look good blonde. I'm not sure. Not sure. I think with the right stylist. Right, Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name on his business card. Harry Styles. Stylist. Harry Stylist. So here's some examples of the kinds of things Lord Henry says. Okay. And. Like, these are quoted so much. I mean, Killian you Murphy? Them. For Dorian? For Harry? He could do either. He's so beautiful. I know. I think he's a bit old for Dorian now. When he was younger, definitely, though. Mm. He, okay. could, he could do blonde. I can see it. Yeah. Yes, we are overcharged for everything nowadays. I should fancy that the real tragedy of the poor is that they can afford nothing but self-denial. Beautiful sins, like beautiful things, are the privilege of the rich. He hates poor people. There's one. My dear boy, the people who love only once in their lives are really the shallow people. What they call their loyalty and their fidelity, I call either the lethargy of custom or their lack of imagination. Faithfulness is to the emotional life what consistency is to the life of the intellect. Simply a confession of failure. That's hilarious. That's like, I didn't cheat on you. He's very witty. Um, to get back my youth, I would do anything in the world except take exercise, get up early, and be respectable. Oh my gosh, relatable. <laughs> okay, I like him. Yeah, and last but not least, those who find, um, this is like Oscar Wilde, I think, talking directly to the readers. <laughs> like, breaking the fourth wall. A little bit. Like, he's, he's like Ferris Bueller's towards the camera for a second. He's like, those who find ugly meanings in beautiful things are corrupt without being charming. This is a fault. Those who find beautiful meanings and beautiful things are the cultivated. For these, there is hope. Oh my god. So, yeah. So, I don't know if I talk about this in depth later on, but basically, Harry is certainly... Uh, an edgelord. A, an edgelord and a follower of a philosophy that Oscar Wilde was closely linked to, which is aestheticism, which is basically the value of beauty above everything else. And the idea that art should be appreciated for its own sake. So, this is coming out of a time when... Art was meant to be morally instructive. Huh. Yeah, it all stems from this belief, and you find this a lot in criticism of gothic novels, um, that a book can, like, influence someone's behavior. So it's almost the same argument people use with, like, violent video games nowadays. It's like, kids will see the violence and they'll commit violence. For them, it was, like, young women who were the biggest readership will see these women being sluts, I guess, in literature or, or... kind of going against the grain and then they'll emulate those behaviors which is really bad for their morals i guess like we were when we were watching twilight the other night (laughs) (laughs) just drop that in we were just talking about how it came out during a very like influential time in our lives like we were like Mm. what 13 or something and like twilight literally teaches you to be just bland and boring and like impressive boys will fight over you Mm. and also you should give up your family for a hundred year old vampire that you've known for one year also her dad was am i crazy was her dad hot oh he had like a mustache and he was sassy Mm. he was fine the real hot dad was carlisle Mm. yeah that's peter faccinelli (laughs) what else has he done uh oh god i just saw him in something the other day but i can't remember 
It the mom Esme is in The Haunting of Hill House. I know. Apparently she's much better in Haunting of Hill House. Hill House is amazing. I'm not like, going to watch do it. That. No. It's I got think, ghosts. Yeah, but it's a classic No, it's not. Novel. Yeah, it's a classic like 1940s. Guess what? Story. We're not doing ghosts. You'll there. take what you're given. <laughs> you can talk the whole time and I'll just be like for the whole of the podcast. Yeah. Dorian arrives. He enters the studio and he is breathtakingly beautiful. As we've already, um, he's like I, am, I have arrived. <laughs> he's he's like vision and sparkles from an anime. <laughs> he's like um, my presence is your presence. <laughs> he's not Kanye. <laughs> That's a Kanye line, right? Is it? Yeah. I, I don't so. know. I've just heard it. It's, also, it's just wordplay. Yeah. Fair. Did Kanye invent world wordplay yeah, now just, too? He asks. Harry to stay. Dorian asks Harry to stay. Sitting for the painting is super boring because Basil doesn't talk to him while he's painting because he's concentrating so hard. And Dorian's like a 19-year-old kid. So he's Who like, plays oh, Basil? Hugh Dancy. Oh. That's what I want. That's my ideal cast. Oh, no, but who actually plays him? Oh, in movie? the movie? Someone I don't know. Oh. No. Hugh Dancy, that makes sense. Yeah. I get it. All like, right. a bit rougher. A little, little bookish. Yeah. Charming. He can do the stuttery thing really yeah, well. Yeah, Hugh you Dancy know? and yeah. Um, Hannibal. Yeah. 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 One. Oh my god, is Hannibal the picture of Dorian Gray? <laughs> Maybe. We'll <laughs> get ready. Basil says not to listen to a word Harry says, <laughs> but that just makes Dorian more interested. Of course. Obviously. Oh my god. <laughs> While they talk, Harry introduces the idea that, quote, the highest duties is the duty that one owes to oneself. So he's kind of promoting selfishness as like an ideal lifestyle what's that word that's like it's not it's not nihilist it's the other hedonist word. there we go yeah that one. and he actually uses that word when he's like oh, explaining him he's like what the world needs is a new hedonism that's yeah, not <laughs> maybe for uh, rich folk yeah well and maybe at this point in time when everyone was so buttoned down yeah definitely rich folk but that's like the quote he was saying before like only the rich people get to have one it's true they Harry and Dorian walk in the garden for a bit while Basil works on the background. And Harry delivers the ideas to Dorian that are going to define his life forever. He praises Dorian's youth and beauty and warns him how they will fade with time. So to sort of make the most of his life while he can and be always searching for new sensations. They go back inside for a final sitting. And then the portrait is finished. It is amazing like dorian is gorgeous this portrait is like like spiritually are the portraits in the movie actually good i haven't seen the movie you haven't seen no the no, movie. no that's why i downloaded it we're oh. gonna watch it we're gonna watch it afterwards apparently it's really bad i'm excited it's got, i like, love bad movies bad 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 reviews good harry calls it the finest portrait of modern times but dorian is actually getting upset oh no as he looks at it and he's realizing the portrait is going to remain young and perfect as he becomes old and withered that's how time works, bud. And so he makes a wish. He says... To whom? Who is... The universe. Okay. He says he would give his soul if only it were the other way around. Oh, thank God the devil was listening. <laughs> he was just happening by. He was just like... <laughs> just like whistling on my way to the floor. He's like, what's that? A wish I hear? <laughs> That's on his way to the floor. <laughs> he, 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 he was hosting a dinner party later. Yeah. Like his house looked nice. Put some freezes on the table. Oh, they smell so good. Yeah. The devil knows some, what's up. Yeah. <laughs> He's got good taste. I found this amazing picture online of the devil sitting on like a fence in a field and he has a chunk of cheese in his hand and he's like, hey, have you ever heard of cheese? 
Why is he doing that? I don't know. It's Why like is he in a field. I don't know. He's the like devil implying that the, what? the cheese is the devil's work. That's true. I'll it show it does you later. hurt, but it's it worth it. It is. Basil offers to destroy the painting because <gasps> he's kind of like, you know, no matter how much he loves his painting, he loves Dorian more. He's obsessed with him. Yes. So he'll do anything Dorian wants. Jesus Christ. But Dorian rejects the offer, saying he really does love it. And so Basil actually gifts it to him instead. Okay. He's like, well, then it's yours. So uh, Henry's just like watching this happen, like. Yeah, okay. he's just like chewing on a toothpick in the background, like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Dorian and Harry leave together to the chagrin of Basil, heading to the theater. So oh, he's like, no. God damn it, he's gonna poison his mind and all oh. this silly edgelord shit. What's Harry like? Well, oh, you just have to have a spare ticket to the theater, you know? <laughs> I think they bought them at the door. Oh. <laughs> Uh, my wife cancelled on me. He's married. Harry oh. is. Yeah, he's got a wife at home who we like. He loves hear cheating. From. He just said it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> he literally. Well, I mean, part of the thing about Harry and the reason he and Dorian are different is that despite Harry being an edge lord and talking up all of these sort of amoral or he's immoral all, opinions, he all, never acts on them. Um. All talk, no. Yeah. Walk. He's just an edge lord. All bark, no bite. Yeah. You know what he is? He's one of those people that post like. You know, you know when you spell a word and it's all spaced out? Yeah. Know? I've done that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've done this. that too. I love it. It's like, when I said it's amazing, that's what I did in the, oh, wow. in the text. Um, so you're saying Harry's the kind of person who does that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Poor Edgelord. Yeah. And he's like, cheating is okay. <laughs> Whatever. Then his wife comes into the room. She's like, what do you say? He's like, nothing. <laughs> he has a lot of Pepe memes. <laughs> nothing, honey. Oh, I don't think it would he? Well, I guess before they became like nazi propaganda well i mean um, i wouldn't put it past him to be like a nazi a, well a white supremacist oh i guess anyway but oh. everyone kind of was back then so it's hard to tell yeah know, i guess by our standards <laughs> Ooh, can you hear that plane is that plane showing up that's fine well if you hear it there's a plane mm-hmm. i live in a flat path yes yeah. i i live in i live in a plane <laughs> wait Who's flying it? <laughs> if you're here and I'm here. Milo. Oh, <laughs> in a little outfit. <laughs> Takes the co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Harry visiting his uncle Lord Fermer. So none of the characters apart from the main three are important. Oh, okay. Nor does like Wild spend any time developing them. That's fair enough. I'm, I get it. Yeah, he doesn't care. But Fermer is like like a diamond of the rough type. Like he's a lord, but he's kind of uncouth and. and you think FOMO? For Fermor, F E R M O R. Fermer. Fermor. Fermor. Alright. Yeah, I don't know. Harry asks Fermor about Dorian's upbringing. He's curious, like, who is this guy? You heard yeah, of him? Yeah, what's up with this guy? <clears throat> yeah, and he learns that Dorian's mother, who was a noblewoman, oh. ran off with a poor soldier. Oh. Died in childbirth. Oh. And so Dorian was raised by his awful, tyrannical grandfather who resents his existence, and who also probably had his father killed. Ah. Yeah. Harry loves this story. He's oh. like, oh my gosh, the scandal. He's probably he thinks like- it's romantic. Yeah. Oh my god, Harry. He what is for, your ish? <laughs> he lives for other people's drama. Yeah. Does he have kids, Harry? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so he's interested in spending more time with Dorian. He likes the amount of influence he has over Dorian. Dorian know, is 19. So. Yeah. It makes him feel powerful, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Harry goes to his aunt's for dinner, and there's a bunch of lords and ladies there. So remember Aunt Lady Agatha? 
Yeah, what's her face? Yeah, Agatha. As well as Dorian. Dorian's there too. Why is he just everywhere? Um, he's he's part of high society. I think he's just sort of come into London from wherever he grew well, up. Well, I the guess because his mom was a noblewoman and of his grandpa raised him, and he's yeah. And I think his grandpa just died as well. Oh, good. so I think he might just suddenly be the the lord of this this country estate, and like now he's come into London to kind of even meet oh. society. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds fun for him. Yeah. Anyway. So while there, Harry mocks his aunt's charity work, and he starts oh. spruiking hedonism and selfishness. He says, another thing he says is, I can sympathize with everything except suffering. <laughs> He's so witty and charming that everyone laughs it off. He's like, no, Harry, you're just being controversial for the sake of being controversial. You know what? The more you tell me about Harry, the more the word edgelord is like... Apt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At first I was like, surely not. Then I'm like, surely yes. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, honestly it is. And that's why, like, I was hesitant to say it because, I feel, like, I don't like applying current concepts to, like, people from the past. But no, it's true. It's very, it's very apt. <laughs> Dorian, however, yeah, what's is up taking him? everything he says really seriously. Oh, no. He ditches Basil that night, who he's planned to meet up with, to hang out <gasps> with Harry instead. He's like, tell me more. Oh, no. Because um, Harry's just kind of giving you permission to just be an asshole and be and think of only yourself, you know? Yeah, Harry's what a like, great thing for a 19-year-old. That's true. He's like, I've never lived this way before. Yeah. So a month goes by. Dorian rushes over to Henry to tell him he's fallen in love with an actress named Sybil Vane. Oh. She um, performs Shakespeare in a cheap and dirty theatre in the slums of London. Oh, no. And he was actually only there in the first place because Harry told him to seek out new experiences. And he's like, well, I've never been to the slums. I'll come <laughs> check it out. What's up with the poors? <laughs> what are they up to? <laughs> Although, when Wilde describes Oh my the god. Theater, no, you know what, what just came to mind? You know in Hairspray when Zac Efron goes to detention with Tracy Turnblad? <laughs> yeah, That's him and he like starts the... trying to dance yeah, he's with like, the other the... <laughs> And he's like, not quiet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zac Efron. Uh, what a treasure. I, I watched Seventeen him. again last night. How good is Seventeen again? <laughs> It's amazing. Oh my okay, gosh. Kate said something really funny. She was like, the biggest conceit of that movie is that Zac Efron grows up to be Matthew Perry. Yeah, that's what everyone says. <laughs> Although, when Wilde describes the theatre, it doesn't sound as bad as everyone's making it out to me. To me. Like, and his description of the manager of the theatre who invites Dorian in. So he's like, he's like, um, what do you call it when they like stand out the front and they try and get people to come in? I don't know, like the people with the billboards that they swing around. Yeah, maybe. Sprookers. Anyway, yeah, anyway, that man is um, described by Oscar Wilde as a hideous Jew. Oh, great. Yeah, well, you know. Oh, no. So Wilde is so subtle and complex in his writing, though, I don't know if whether this is just a normal thing to say during this time period, or like whether he's criticizing the racism of the upper class by like having Dorian think this. Or maybe he hates Jewish people. Maybe he he could just be straight up anti-Semitic. Which, yeah. I mean, wouldn't there is me. always that third option of yeah. just racism. <laughs> it's Occam's Razor, the simplest answer. Occam's the racism. <laughs> Sybil, on the other hand, is one of the best actresses in the world. In the world? Apparently. Oh. She's Meryl Streep. She can do anything. She's gorgeous. She has rose petal lips. They're oh. described as like rose petals like more than once. <laughs> I get it. So Dorian keeps coming back every single night. Oh. He's obsessed. He's he's a big fan. I think he loves them. The manager sees he's a rich guy, so he invites him backstage to meet her. When she meets him, he takes her breath away too. This is literally a star is born. Yeah. It's love at first sight. She calls him Prince Charming. 
because she doesn't know his name. So Dorian is besotted and he wants Harry to meet her and see her perform. And Harry's like, okay, sure, you crazy kid. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the slums tonight. <laughs> gonna get crazy. Um, Basil's invited too. Oh, third wheel. <laughs> and we learn that Basil sent Dorian the portrait a few days before. Okay. Yeah. Um, later that night, Harry gets a telegram from Dorian saying he's proposed to Sybil and now they're engaged. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we cut to the Vane household. So Sybil's, Sybil's house. Sybil's mother is also an actress. Mm-hmm. She plays some of the older female characters and that's how Sybil got into it. Um, so Sybil's there gushing to her mother over the new boy. Her mother's a bit stressed that Sybil's diving into this thing too quick. Well, yeah. She's suspicious of, like, why a rich man would want her poor daughter. Oh, no. It's too good to be true. Mm. Um, I mean, we all know Sybil's gorgeous and really talented at acting, but also, like, it doesn't benefit him socially. Yeah. And also, like, always listen to your mom. Yeah. That's the moral of every story. Um, But she's also like, oh, but what if it is true? (laughs) Like, the mom's sort of like, I hope, you know, what if you did marry him? So she's, she's a bit conflicted. Then we meet Sybil's brother, James, oh, no. who is a sailor and he's getting ready for a trip to Australia. What oh, up? represent. <laughs> Where Sybil is certain he'll become very wealthy. She's like, you're going to strike gold because this is like in the middle of the gold. The gold. Sorry, I'm just adjusting. Oh, there it is. The famous. The famous the upper famous two episodes. <laughs> She's naive and optimistic, but ultimately really good hearted and everybody loves her, especially her brother. So he says his goodbyes and wanting his mother to watch over her. Mm-hmm. But before he goes, James and Sybil go for a walk together where he warns her off this Prince Charming. And he actually says if he ever wrongs her, he'll find him and kill him. A bit intense, yeah. James, but sure. Pr- oh, you know what that is? Oh, you don't watch Friends, but it's that moment where um Ross warns Chandler. He's like, he's like, <laughs> all right, Ross, you're so scary. <laughs> no, it's so funny because he's like, right now I'm speaking to you as Monica's big brother, and Chandler's like, are you still my friend? He's like, not for these next few moments. I was like, can I still call you Ross? <laughs> and he's just like, if you ever hurt my little sister in any way, I'm gonna hunt you down. Kick your ass. <laughs> Imagine David Schwimmer saying that. Okay. Okay, a- well, let's cast David Schwimmer as... James? James. Bang. And everyone just laughs at him. Everyone laughs at Ross. And that's the way the world should be. Everyone has to mm-hmm. laugh at Ross. He's not a great guy. No. From what I've heard. He's not. Mm. What did you watch growing up if you didn't watch Friends? I mean, a lot of Disney movies. But, like, TV-wise. TV like, did your parents Like, ever... American stuff. Yeah, Friends. Well, Frasier? like, a lot of kids' shows. I'm thinking, like, when we grew up a little bit and started watching, like, sitcom kind of stuff. Um, what are you talking about? Oh, you have siblings. Never mind. Yeah. I don't have siblings. It was always, like, young kids stuff. Because my parents just had whatever they wanted to watch on. <laughs> yeah. And I was like... Okay. <laughs> okay, I am a baby. <laughs> anyway. Okay, we cut back. We cut back to dinner with Lord Henry and Basil. Who were talking about Dorian's plans to marry Sybil. Basil thinks it's a bad idea. It's sure to cause a scandal. Harry wants to see it play out. He's curious. Well, Harry just wants to see what'll happen. He's just got the little opera glasses. He's like... He genuinely has some opera glasses. Which he like, like, breaks out later. I can't wait to see how this turns out. <laughs> That's a RuPaul reference as well. Mm. For all our... For all our... Um, RuPaul fans. For all our RuPaul fans listening. So, Dorian arrives and he's gushing about Sybil and his engagement. He's so happy. Yay. He actually says that his love... For her has shown him the wrongness in all of Lord Henry's edgy theories about amorality. Oh. 
Henry doesn't give a shit and oh. doubles down, saying nature rewards selfishness and the pursuit of pleasure. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> He's really funny. I can't anyway. wait to see Colin Firth do this. I'm very excited. Yeah. It, it is actually Colin Firth. It is. Not, it is not... Colin Firth in the movie, yeah. Oh. Anyway, they head to the theater, which is crowded with the uncouth lower class, who aren't wearing their jackets <gasps> and are eating oranges. Oh my god, that's going to be us in like half an hour. <laughs> I cut up some oranges. I just think it's just silly, this, this stuff that they used to judge. Is it just not just warm in the theater? Can't I take off a jacket? No. It's warm. No. You're going to get stinky under there. Mm. They didn't have deodorant back then. They all just stank then. Yeah. You're rich, but you stink. Oh, God, it would smell so bad. The play starts, and Sybil is terrible. Why? For some reason, she can't act tonight. She's distracted. She overacts, and she underacts, and she's wooden, and she's weird, and her timing's off. Oh, no. Dorian is shocked. He's probably so embarrassed. He feels like she's embarrassed him. Well, and he's she... obviously pissed. Oh, no. Because he's like, hey, friends, check out my cool actress girlfriend. She's so good. And she's like, Mary in Pride and Prejudice. A <laughs> <Yeah>. callback. <laughs> He's clearly pissed and he apologizes for taking the other two with him. And Basil and Lord Henry are like, it's cool. She's a bad actress. If you love her, she won't need to act anyway because she's so rich. <laughs> it's cool. She's a bad actress. She hot. <laughs> After they leave, Dorian goes backstage to find her and she rushes, rushes into his arms laughing. Like, oh. did you see how bad I was? And he's like, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she says, it's because I could only think of you type of thing. Um, and she explains that now she knows what love is. She can't pretend to feel it for another person who isn't him. Oh, that's kind of sweet, but also stupid. Yeah, much less the old ugly dude playing Romeo. <laughs> and she says, like, the words I had to speak were unreal. Were not my words. Were not what I wanted to say. Dorian hates this. <laughs> the only reason he loved her was because of her genius in acting. And I think more than that, and Wilde doesn't say this explicitly, but I think it's because she embarrassed him in front of his friends. Yeah. He was like, you're already poor and now you've embarrassed me? And now you can't act? I know you're hot, but damn, what up? So he drops her like she's hot. And although she cries and begs him not to leave, kneeling at his feet. Was that literally just now? He was just like, you're done. Yeah, he's like, no, no. yeah, fuck you. Oh. Um, he's horrifically called to her and he says, you have killed my love. And that he never wants to see her again. Okay. Mercurial a little bit? <laughs> from just, from one bat, like... Mm. <laughs> Dorian. Mr. Grey. <laughs> Not Fifty Shades of Dorian. Mr. Grey, comma Dorian. Oh. He is also Fifty Shades of Fucked Up, apparently. The picture of Christian Grey. <laughs> it Fifty Shades of... <laughs> My favorite ever lie from the book and the movie is just oh, Fifty going, Shades of Grey. Yeah, it's him going, I'm Fifty Shades of Fucked Up. <laughs> and he says it so, like, like he really feels it. He's like, oh, this is going to show her just how much trauma and damage I have. This is going to show him. All right, this is it. I'm going to say it. Don't you think? Here it comes. It's, for me, it's, the, it's only in the book, I think, but when he, like, ever talks about his mother, he's like, my mother, the crack whore. Yeah, he always says crack whore. Every single time. But every woman he's like, a fuck, looks like his mom. Yeah, he's got a major Oedipus complex. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about the Oedipus play later on. Maybe mm. you do... Um, you say Oedipus? I thought it was Oedipus. Um, Oedipus. Whatever. Sorry. Anyway, she dumped, and yeah. then... 
That night, Dorian <laughs> comes home to find Basil's portrait waiting for him in the drawing room. He's like, finally, something good. But he notices something about the painting seems different. <gasps> it's the same beautiful face he'd seen before, but the expression Sour. seems to have turned cruel. Ooh. It's like there's a faint sneer he never noticed before. He's confused. Is he imagining it? But he also remembers the wish he made, that the painting would bear the marks of his age and also of his life choices. So he becomes convinced his wish has come true and he's overwhelmed by guilt about the way he treated Sybil. Well, and he resolves to make things right with her the next day. Even without the painting, he should still feel bad. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you do something shitty and it takes someone like saying, hey, that was shitty for you to realize it. Pretty sure dumping someone because they had a bad performance is just yeah, it's pretty objectively immature. shitty. Yeah, it's not like well, you know I handled that pretty well. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> anyway, the next day he wakes up late in the afternoon and checks the painting almost as soon as Hold he gets up. Hold the dang phone! Didn't James say he was gonna kill Dorian? Sounds like that's gonna be important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you're noticing the. The seeds that are being sown <laughs> in the... Just planted. I'm sowing them. Oh. Uh, sowing is planting. Are you sure? Yeah. That, why don't they just say plant? I don't know. That's a really <laughs> good point. We should we should write a letter to someone about it. Yeah. Who, okay, who, who Who's is, in charge of it? <laughs> where, what is the etymology have of it, the like, thing? Have to speak to the manager <laughs> and have it of changed. language. It's Merriam-Webster. Do you know I have a Twitter account where they're like salty about things? So cute. They got some good tweets. Merriam-Webster, the dictionary. Are you sure? Yeah. I thought it was dictionary.com that was, like, sassy. I thought it was Merriam-Webster. Because they, like, retweet people being like, yeah. that's not a real word. Like, I thought it was dictionary.com. I'm not sure. The next day. The next day, he wakes up at late in the afternoon and he checks the painting almost as soon as he gets up. In the light, the change is even more stark. It's definitely different. Uh-oh. Suddenly, Lord Henry arrives and Dorian tells him about his resolution to take Sybil back. Can't it just be like Basil fucking with him? Just like changing it little by little? <laughs> he's sneaking in in the night. And he's just like frowny face. Just like holding a candle in his mouth. Like. And, and like puts like a pimple on him or something. <laughs> or like a unibrow. And he's just like fucking I'll teach you for rejecting me. <laughs> Leaving me for Harry. That <laughs> candle Instead of a flashlight. <laughs> he sees him the next day. He's like... Basil, why you got wax in your mouth? Don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. All right. Harry is shocked to hear this. He says, haven't you heard? Sybil killed herself the night before. I straight up was going to be like, oh, what, did you kill herself? I'm glad yeah. I didn't say it. <laughs> Dorian is shocked. Harry tells him not to talk to the police, nor to wallow in guilt, but to keep his name out of the paper and to try to get past the death of his fiance, and to appreciate it as a sort of work of art. What? <laughs> like a piece of theater, a beautiful scene of love. Oh like, my... look at it abstractly. Harry, you're such a little shit. Mm-hmm. Harry talks in the book about how life is the highest form of art. It should be viewed <laughs> as such. And of course, as Oscar Wilde mm. writes in the prologue, art is amoral. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Harry should take up a hobby, alright? His like, hobby he's... is just ruining lives. <laughs> he's like Regina George. What is he when doing? When he's not ruining lives, he's like making model trains. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, this is boring. No one's actually dying. Because <laughs> what Harry does is he like recreates the trolley problem just with his little trains. <laughs> and he's just like, I'll kill both. 
And like grasshoppers that he ties to the tracks with like <laughs> hair. He's just like, who will I kill? Just kidding, I have two trains. <laughs> he does like a double track drift, like in Zootopia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And his wife's like, dinner. And he's like, I'm busy. You know, when I was in high school, and I'm sad to say that it was high school, it was like year 10. Some of the boys in our year would like catch flies and grasshoppers and stuff. And they would use like long strands of hair to like tie them onto like leashes. Yeah. I'm sorry. And one of them tied one grasshopper to like the front of our canoe when we were um, like at camp, like kayaking down the river. And it withstood, to its credit, like five sets of rapids before it disappeared into the water. First of all, what high school is this? Second of all, (laughs) why are kids catching bugs? What? Year 10, kids usually go out and smoke. What What is this? It's a grammar school. They're really strict. About smoking, not animal cruelty. I think all schools are strict about smoking. I don't think there's any school that's like, here's the smoking lounge for the students. <laughs> like, like an injecting room. <laughs> like, oh, and here's oh, the double- den for the students. <laughs> Doubles as a dark room for photography class. <laughs> yeah, there's like a mattress on the floor. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then there's... Kids Norman. are, like, stepping over poor Craig <laughs> and trying to develop their photos. And they're just like, no one let the light in, okay? <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, no, what? what? Mm. Using hair to tie up grasshoppers? Yeah. What? It's like a classic what? private school boy shenanigan thing to do. With yeah. hair? Get some yarn. Well, because it's... That's too big. It's too big. It's so gross. They're touching the bugs. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're killing bugs. So, One of them, like, touched, like, accidentally smooshed half of the fly's brain, and it could only walk left. It had, like, brain damage. I'm sorry. This is gross. <laughs> Dorian is influenced by Harry's words and calms down. He decides to embrace the painting's supernatural properties as a gift. Oh, no, don't. He's like, you know what? This is good. I can do whatever I want, and I'll still stay young and beautiful. That's actually a good thing. But you don't know what happens after. Um, he's going, book report. Sorry. He's going to have, quote, eternal youth, infinite passion, pleasures, subtle and secret, wild joy and wilder sins. What the worm was to the corpse, his okay. sins would be to the painted image on the canvas. They would mar its beauty and eat away at its grace. They would defile it and make it shameful. And yet the thing would still live on. It would always be alive. Wait, the worm? No, the painting. (laughs) (laughs) So he covers the painting with a screen and goes to bed. No, he's just like, if I don't see it, it's not happening. Exactly. Out of sight, out of mind. Out of painting, out of of morals. (laughs) Basil comes to comfort Dorian the next day and is surprised to find him in no need of comforting. (laughs) He's like, hey, bud, heard you... What? <laughs> Dorian's like, hey, sirrah, sirrah. And Basil is disgusted with this apparently new callousness, which he blames completely on Lord Henry's influence. Well, yeah. Yeah, which is fair. Noticing Dorian starting to actually sound like Henry. Oh, no. As well. He says, Sybil has been elevated into the sphere of art. Oh, God. And Basil's like, well, speaking as an artist, you're acting like a massive bitch. Oh, no. He's um, turning into an edgelord. Dorian asks Basil for a little portrait of Sybil to remember her by. Okay. And Basil agrees. He's like, oh, that's actually quite nice. <laughs> um, he begs Dorian to come back and sit for him again for another painting, but Dorian refuses. Why? Basil is confused and asks if he doesn't like the portrait. 
He was planning to show it at an exhibition in France, having got over his own hang-ups, apparently. Okay. Um, which Dorian categorically refuses. Basil tries to remove the screen again, look at the portrait, and Dorian freaks out. He tells Basil that he will never speak to him again if Basil touches the screen. What and do you mean by screen? Um, I just imagine like a blanket draped over it. Yeah, blanket. that kind of thing. I think I think they made it specifically to like protect paintings Painting. from the light, from like the sun. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we'll like, see in the movie. Yeah, it might be a bit more complicated than just a drapery, but I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I'm not an expert in 19th century painting. Why not? Accessories. Is this not the point of this podcast? You know things and I, you tell them to me? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't tell you everything you want to know. Like, I can tell you what I know, but I can't. No more I don't things. know. It. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm doing like this. <laughs> this took all day. <laughs> <laughs> I printed it out. <laughs> it's got so many typos in it. <laughs> Jesus. And you're um, obviously not doing your best then. Well, maybe, maybe I am. Maybe that's the real tragedy. Dorian asks Basil why he changed his mind about exhibiting the work as a way of distracting him. And Basil confesses to his obsession with Dorian. Oh, he's like, I have a crush on you. And his fear of it being exposed. It's like, it's so, it must have been like all of the horror of like admitting you have a crush on someone, plus the fact that you could go to jail for having a crush on someone. But obviously he doesn't say it in those explicit terms. So he's like still dancing around it while also admitting that he's obsessed with Dorian. Like it's, it's very complicated. It's like, I'm gay, but don't tell the cops. Yeah, a little, well, but, but even less explicit than that. Like, I love art, but don't tell the cops. Like, literally. Like, I love art, wink. Wink. Art, asterisk, bottom of the page, you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Basil. Dorian's a little bit weirded out, but understands. Now, Basil says he thinks his philosophy was all wrong. The philosophy that he thought he'd put too much of himself into the work, as we talked mm. about before. He actually thinks now that paintings conceal the artist rather than reveal them. Oh. And this is like another one of the contradictions in the book. The book is full of contradictions, not just in the shit that Henry says. Which is that is, on purpose? Yeah, I think so. When he leaves, Dorian arranges for his servant Victor to enlist a local frame maker to move the painting to a secret old room upstairs. Okay. That only Dorian has a key for. I think it was his old school room when he was growing up. Mm. But it's like covered in dust and stuff. You know, this, you know, your old secret. And at first I was like, why does he need, like, two dudes to move the painting? So it must be pretty big and heavy. And apparently it's in, like, a big ornate frame. So it needs, like, some man muscle How did to get Basil get it there? Oh, he probably hired people as oh. well. Like, it wasn't a super Or he just, like, thing. strapped it on his back. Like, <laughs> he's just, like, just Hiking up the mountain with the goats. <laughs> Training behind. <laughs> he's, like, wrapped it up in, like paper or something yeah. it's just like strapped to yeah ropes so leather leather straps yeah. he's yodeling and like he can't fall because if he falls he'll turtle <laughs> <laughs> but the wind blows a little bit too hard and he's like whoa <laughs> he's, he's, he's got like carabiners he's like rappelling up like the <laughs> stairs <laughs> he's too poor to hire servants oh, I oh, know Basil's not poor though, is he? He's a lush little artist. Yeah, he's he's doing all right for himself. He's definitely yeah. bourgeois. Yeah, he's living next to a florist. Yeah, <laughs> he is a florist who like the devil visits, so it must be a pretty good florist. <laughs> like I like the way oh. the freesias smell like lust. Mm. Traps it anyway. That's just the movie perfume. Sorry, book. Mm. I haven't read that. Maybe you can do that one for me. Sometime. I haven't read that either. Oh well, one of us has. One to. of us has to read it. 
Apparently, it's uh, there's some murder. Yeah, he like murders people for their for the smell. Isn't that kind of cool though? Yeah. It's also a movie. Yeah. And um, By Alan Rickman's in there somewhere. No. No. That's. Just, I don't know. He's he... the only like famous. Maybe. Alternative movie director that I know. Where's <laughs> Alright. Dorian keeps the painting covered now with a gorgeous satin curtain. <laughs> it's moving on up from the screen. From the screen, so we don't have to worry about what, a, what the screen is anymore. Thank God. Um, he, and he thinks curtain. about how the sins will eat away at the portrait's beauty in the way worms eat away at the body of a corpse. So it's not just time, it's also morality that the mm. painting reflects. Now that the painting's hidden away, it doesn't matter how much it deteriorates. Yeah. He's like, out of sight, out of mind. Just like you were saying before. Can't wait to see this painting in like... A, a couple of years? Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. What's happened? Um, it's like an experiment. He study and he starts reading a book that Lord Henry has lent him. The book details... Is it the subtle art of not giving a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> She's tickled pink by that. <laughs> okay. I was trying to think of a joke of my own. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Sam will come up with something. The book details the life of a young Parisian who lives in a hedonistic lifestyle. All the passions and modes of thought that belong to every century except his own. That's what this Parisian is going to experience. Wilde calls it a poisonous book, which, like I said before, was reflecting that common idea in the 18th century that art and literature in particular, could influence the minds and dispositions of readers. Like, a little bit. But not, like... Not like, oh, violent video games are going to make kids violent. Like, it was to that level, except with, like, books. You know? So there was this idea that these books that were too sensual or too too amoral could corrupt you. And that's what's happening to Dorian now. So it's almost like Oscar Wilde's doing an exploration of this concept. He's like, mm. okay, if this works, how? Like, what would happen? You know? Like, I this know. painting would get ugly. Yeah. Um, so the boundaries between vice and virtue, right and wrong, are disappeared within the book and now for Dorian. Um, there's no exact book Wilde is basing it on. He admitted to that later. But I'm imagining like a Marquis de Sade kind of deal. Oh. Like something days? quite dark. Yeah. Have you read it? No. Have you? No. But I know about it. I know yeah. about the 120 days of the sun, like with all the shit eating and the yeah. whatnot. Maybe we should do that one sometime. And then watch it after. Can you stop? There's it? a movie. Yes, I know well, about it. Make a the... movie about that. I don't know. We'll watch it. And it's not a porn. Was it rated? Probably super gross. SG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um... some poor mom in the video store and blockbusters like SG super general. <laughs> Come here, Timmy. We're gonna. Um, it's it always seems like it's a Bible story. <laughs> <laughs> she's like Sodom like in the Bible <laughs> no um, it's always in lists of like top 10 most disturbing movies like yeah. it's usually right before or right after like a Serbian film so oh, like, like Human Centipede 1 Human Centipede 2 they're not even in, well, they're not even really in those they're not that gross if you think about I, it honestly I, have you the seen first them? time I heard about them it like freaked me out so much have you seen any of them no I don't really want to they're really good well, the second one's kind of gross. The gro- well, They're all kind of gross. But the first one is good in the fact that it is... Like, it's good. It's like a cult thing. The third one is just hilarious. It's just off the fucking rails. Because the third <laughs> one is... this. It's like a whole prison gets turned into a centipede. Oh my god, that's disgusting. And I it- don't know. Just the concept of it is enough to like... 
it's yucky. You're weak sauce. Maybe man. I am. I don't know. I don't mind ghosts though. Ghosts don't spook me like they spook you. Well, ghosts can Little be Little girl real. ghosts. Yeah, no, hate those. Ghosts uh, can be real, but yes. evil doctors experimenting on people can't. They can be real, but it's not happening to me. It's fine. Ghosts aren't <laughs> happening to you either. They're not real. Uh, you don't know. This house is so old. I know a lot more about ghosts than you do. <laughs> I know. She did her thesis on it. I did my master's thesis. I wrote 30,000 words about ghosts. And it broke her brain. Yeah, it, it broke my soul, honestly. Broke your ghost. Broke my body. <laughs> it broke my spirit. <laughs> Which is a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I am a ghost, so don't talk shit about my people. What? Ghosts are your people. Just like pale apparitions. <laughs> Which is you getting a cup of tea at like 2 a.m. It's like, Jesus. And it's just you in like a nightgown. Paranormal investigators. I'm like, let my people go. <laughs> oh my god, like yeah. Prince of Egypt style. <laughs> yeah, I lead them across the ghost red sea. <laughs> I'm Ghost Moses. <laughs> Ghosts. <laughs> okay, now we get a sort of montage of Dorian's changing character over like the next 18 years. Ish. Oh, it's getting old. He, so things that he does during this time, gets 12 copies of this book. <laughs> One um, for each month of the year. Bound in different colors for his moods. <laughs> but it's the same book. It's the same book. He's just like, I'm feeling like a yellow book. <laughs> but it's the same book. <laughs> yeah. Um, he becomes interested in mysticism, antinomianism, which I don't know what that is, I'm so sorry, and Darwinism. Oh. He studies and collects perfumes, he studies and collects jewels, and he studies and collects tapestries. He becomes interested in music, in the music of different lands, and he holds little salons at his house where he gets like African drummers to perform, and Indian pipe players to like charm snakes and shit oh he would so be friends with like stevie nicks if he was maybe it's it just sounds like he's getting a little witchy yeah it is a little and but like when he talks about this different kinds of music he's like and he found it so interesting about how art like life has its own monsters (laughs) so he's like calling music of other cultures like monstrous art (laughs) which is a little bit racist but it's sure. a lot racist, but sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, Dorian. <laughs> he's just like, tribal drumming, how exotic. <laughs> and he's kind of doing all of this to distract him from the deterioration of his morality and his soul. So while all this is going on, he's committing acts that we don't actually learn the nature of. We don't know what he's doing. We never Aww. find out. But Cop out. It's definitely sodomy. Let's just say it. Wait, <laughs> so Oscar Wilde's saying that taking it up the butt is making the painting deteriorate well he's he's he's, he's the kind of pain- leaving it up to the imagination but the painting is homophobic <laughs> it's like well i mean god's homophobic so why i not? understand the painting getting ugly because he it like kind of killed his fiance in a way mm-hmm. but like just because he's having a little bit of like butt sex should it like affect the painting well let, let's i'm sure that's not the extent of it but let's let's keep talking about it but so yes <laughs> so these acts embroil him in rumor and most of his friends during this time experience a downfall or a disgrace what happens to henry what's up with him? not not him but like oh. Dorian will become like close friends with someone in society and then something terrible will happen to them and he'll move on to another guy oh he's doing it yeah them. oh like he's involving there... them in bad shit and then leaving them in the shit yeah that's hilarious um, he's just despite the them. rumors, people see him and his unblemished face and pure innocent looks, 
and it convinces them that he couldn't possibly guilty of all this stuff that he's accused of. So he's just, he just looks nineteen still. Yeah. Oh. And like, but like perfect and angelic as well. You know that thing. Yes. People think beautiful people are inherently good yeah. because we've been socialized to, you know, every heroic character we yeah. see. Attractive people get away with a lot of things. Hundred percent. This is just it... like this is just like last last week. Yeah, like sometimes at work, I'm like, I give them a few extra fries if they're sexy. <laughs> and I'm like, fatten you up a little bit. Well, you're you're <laughs> enabling the Dorian Grace of the world. I hope you know. They're just so. <laughs> so Dorian oscillates between being horrified with the painting and being like fascinated Does by he its look, changes. look at it? Like, yeah, like obsessively. Oh. Um, its look now is one of pure evil and the skin in the picture is showing signs of his age and lifestyle. I'm really excited to see the painting depicted in the movie. Mm, yeah, I'm curious. I'm a very visual person, mm. so... Because I don't know how to read, apparently. <laughs> That's why you don't have to anymore. I know, right? That's nice. Mmm. <laughs> He that's becomes. It's <laughs> my noise of contentment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I see. I see. With my thine eyes. <laughs> he becomes paranoid of people seeing the painting, cutting short trips abroad in Europe to rush home and like guard it and make sure no one's like found it. He's a little weirdo, doesn't he? Have the only key to it. Yeah, but what if? What if Sam? What if there's another one he didn't know about, or someone picked the lock or something? Why you would know. someone want to look in his little secret room? Gosh, there's still so much. Oh, no, that's the other one. Okay. It's so <laughs> funny because he, like, he thinks he's so important. Yeah. Okay, so 18 years pass. That's a lot of years. Dorian is 38. And he runs into what? Basil. That doesn't work. He was 19 and now 18 years pass. So he, that must have been a year sort of okay. happening in the first bit. So he was 20, 18 years pass, 38 now, right? I guess. I guess I don't know math either. Ish. Ish. Yeah. Don't cite us. What do I know? This isn't an academic resource. Read a book. That's what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't have to know. So Dorian runs into Basil on a fog-covered street in London one night. Oh, how's he going? And he tries to blank him. But Basil notices him and, like, runs after him and, like, taps him on the shoulder. He's like, Dorian! Dorian's like, fuck! Um, so he's forced to be like, hi, how are you? How have you been? Oh is my God. Basil super old now? I mean, 18 years older, but he, oh, was, yeah. he wasn't that old to start oh, with, yeah, you know, sure. middle age, hitting middle age. Um, Basil's leaving for Paris on the midnight train to do a six month residency there, but he wanted to see Dorian before he left. A residency on what? Oh, painting? Painting, yeah, yeah. Like to just paint something great. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Good for Basil. He can't believe what everyone is saying about Dorian, and he wants to plead with him to go straight. But he still wants to know why so many of Dorian's friendships have ended in disaster. One man committed suicide, others have had their careers and reputations ruined. What completely. is Dorian doing? It's a mystery. That's part of the kind Ugh. of the spookiness of it. Um, Do I ever find out, or is it just like, up to you? Yeah, it's like, up to you. Oh my god, that's so lazy. <laughs> No, it's mysterious. Basil talks about how there's no such thing as secret vices, and he says that sin writes itself across a man's face. And by saying this, he's kind of questioning his initial idea, because Dorian is obviously still gorgeous, so he says that he wishes he could see Dorian's soul. Look at the painting, baby. Dorian laughs at this. He's like, you wanna? (laughs) And bitterly says, you shall have your wish. Oh! Mmm, yeah. Oh, my God. He drags Basil up to the secret room, and he shows him the portrait. Basil initially doesn't even recognize the painting as his own. Yeah, what? what? Until he notices his own brushwork. He's like, wait. 
is that um, Dorian reminds him of his wish that day that he met Lord Henry. Like they all, they all heard the wish. It's the devil. Basil says Dorian must kneel and pray for forgiveness. But Dorian's on the point of madness now, and he starts feeling this hatred for Basil rising in him. Oh no! He's gonna as he looks Basil. at the portrait, and he sees a knife on the table nearby, and he grabs it and he stabs Basil to death. Oh no! And then he listens, in case he's woken up any of the servants, before locking the door behind him, tiptoeing down to the library. You're just gonna leave dead Basil up there? Oh yeah. That's gonna stink though. He hides Basil's belongings and then he leaves and returns a couple hours later waking up his servant to make it seem like he's been out all night. Oh. Well like his dead body is gonna stink up that room. Mm. When he wakes up the next day it takes him a while to remember what's happened and he starts to hate Basil again but he resolves not to think about the murder at all as if it'll just go away. So you know. Yeah, yeah. I relate. Out of sight, out of mind. You relate? (laughs) You killed someone and left them in your secret portrait room and just didn't think about it. And you're like, it's fine. You relate. Anyway, (laughs) he starts doodling pictures in a book, but he looks at them and all the faces look just like Basil's. And he remembers he has a body putrefying in the room. Yeah, dude, come on. So he calls up this guy named Alan Campbell, who's a scientist who used to be a close friend of his. We don't learn what they fell out over. And when he arrives, it's clear he's here under duress. He doesn't want to be here at all. Why would he come then? Well, he clearly has a lot of contempt for Dorian, and Dorian has obviously wronged him in some way. Dorian asks Campbell to use his scientific expertise and knowledge of chemicals to dispose of the body. Oh, hydrofluoric acid. Here we go. Mm -hmm. He starts out by saying it's an accident, but he eventually admits that he's murdered this man. How's it an accident? He's got like 37 stab wounds. (laughs) One is an accident. He has one or two. He said stabbed him to death. Yeah. You can... He stabs him and then he dies. If he stabbed him, he could survive. So I said stab to death. Yeah. It's Dorian. I feel like he would stab a little. He'd go a little over. He'd go a little... He'd go harder? Yeah. I feel like he'd be... You know... He'd just go ham. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Campbell is horrified and disgusted and determined to let Dorian hang for what he's done. Yeah. But Dorian threatens Campbell with a secret that he knows uh, that if exposed would ruin Campbell's life. He's got secrets. He's got dirt. So Campbell does as he's asked. I wonder what the secret is. So I know, we out. never find out. Oh! oh well, Campbell, sorry, that would have peaked like crazy, but I'm just annoyed <laughs> with how lazy Oscar Wilde is with his writing. Do you think writing. it's lazy? I think it's lazy. Fucking tell me. Use your imagination. No. While Campbell sends for supplies, Dorian goes back upstairs to look at the portrait. The picture's hands are beaded with red droplets, Ooh. as though the canvas had sweated blood. Ooh. 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 But also, could just be like the blood. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, blood. Yeah, like true. Blood actually. splatter. Yeah. Hello, CSI. Come on. <laughs> like. There's a bunch of guys just standing there and they're like. Um, in the suit and like yeah, the, old, the yeah. blue suit and the booties. <laughs> the little booties. I love the little booties. They're like, well, blood splatter. Are you sure? Kind of looks like the canvas is sweating, sweating blood. blood. Someone's like, uh, uh, sure. Tom, how long have you worked here? <laughs> like two hours. <laughs> By the time Campbell leaves, the body is gone, and the smell of nitric acid fills the room. Huh. Dorian, deep in denial, attends a dinner party that night. He's kind of shocked and impressed with himself at how calm he's behaving. <laughs> he's like, Although he is having trouble eating. 
Oh, no. Lord Henry shows up and asks him what's the matter. And he's like, I'm fine. And they start planning a party at Dorian's country estate. <laughs> like Netherfield? You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lord Henry just showed up. He's just like, oh, Dorian, what up? Or have they... They, they been... kind of move in the same circles. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? So they've been keeping up with each other for the past 19 years or 18 years? Yeah, yeah. All right. Those okay. mates, yeah. Harry casually asks where Dorian was last night. And Dorian freaks out and snaps at him before going home. He's like... Nothing. Not murdering Basil. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> what do you mean, Basil? What? I <laughs> didn't kill Basil? him. <laughs> I didn't kill him. When he's home, he burns Basil's things, and he goes to a little cabinet with a secret compartment, and this Ooh. is when we learn that Dorian is an opium fiend. Oh. Mm-hmm. He goes out that night dressed in civvies. Oh, what is? Like, um, like poor people clothes, I guess. Oh. Um, and he heads down to the docks to visit the opium dens, determined to forget everything. And he keeps muttering one of Henry's lines, you have to cure the soul through means of the senses. Oh. Um, so he's right. like, I'm going to forget about it. Forget about it. If I pretend it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Opium, that's heroin, right? Yeah, heroin is... is um, Morphine. Which morphine is and opiate. heroin are different... Opiates. Distillations, I guess, of opium. So opium... Opi- it's the purest Opium form. contains the... No, opium's the thing that you draw it from. So, like, heroin... It, it'd be like THC versus cannabis. Oh. I guess. Oh. So, like... <laughs> Thank you for putting it in terms I would understand. <laughs> Hi, Mom! <laughs> um, it's alright, she knows yeah. that I'm a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess, like, yeah, heroin is like if you took THC and you made a new drug out of it. That was even more addictive. Great, that's what you need. Yeah. Inside the opium den, Dorian finds a kid named Adrian, who used to be his friend, and who it's implied Dorian got hooked on opium, and oh, um, by doing so, it. ruined his life. Oh, This turns Dorian. Dorian off wanting to get high here. <laughs> He's like, ugh. I don't want to think about my wrongdoing. <laughs> um, and he tries to leave, but on the way out, a woman calls him Prince Charming, and a sailor getting high in the room takes notice. So Sybil is alive and James is around? I don't think Sybil's alive. But Prince Charming, that's what she calls him. Oh, no. It's just some other woman. <laughs> a sailor. Mm. Wait, what's his face? Did James not know who she was <clears throat> betrothed to? They didn't know his real name. Oh, she just called him Prince Charming. Mm. Oh, is it maybe her... I don't know, whatever. Keep going. Why am I guessing? Outside, Dorian is deep in thought when suddenly he's grabbed and held at gunpoint. It's James Vane, Sybil's brother. Here we go. He's been out for revenge for years, but not knowing Dorian's real name, all he'd had to go by was Prince Charming. Dorian thinks on his feet and says, Hey, that was 18 years ago. Look at my face. (laughs) I'm not old enough to have committed this crime that you're talking about. Hey, what's the big idea? (laughs) And this makes makes James double take and he realizes that Dorian is right. The man that he's got at gunpoint is far too young to be the one he's looking for. Mm-hmm. This guy's got to be like 20 years old. Yeah. He's like, oh, you, I'm sorry, man. After Dorian leaves, the woman from the opium den chastises James for letting him go. Who is this woman? Do we find Dorian out? Dorian has apparently ruined her life as well. She's just uh, another person that Dorian's ruined. She great. used to be like a respectable lady. And now she's an opium addict. Yeah. She tells James that Dorian is the man that he was looking for. But that he'd sold his soul to the devil for a pretty face. And she's not... Well, she's known him the entire time. She's yeah. known him for, like, most of the 18 years. And she's, like, seeing all the shit that he's done. And he's never... Why was James just hanging out at the opium then? He was just a sad, depressed dude. Oh, was he having dead. some opium as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Everyone's... Yeah. 
having a little you know, sesh. It's, it's, it was a big thing back then. Yeah. It was a big thing back then. Like, I would imagine it would feel so good. Yeah. Like, hello. Yeah. Not good for you, though. No. Don't do opium, kids. Don't do drugs. Last page. Oh, wow. It's a week later, and we're at Dorian's country estate. Dorian is talking with Henry and a duchess, just some duchess. Yeah, just some random. Um, about love and beauty and what's more valuable <laughs> than Henry's being, you know, his, his old self. Dorian excuses himself. They hear a moan from the other side of the room, and oh. they rush over to find that Dorian has fainted. Cool. Later at dinner, we're in Dorian's point of view again, and we find out that what caused him to faint was thinking he saw the face of James Vane in the window. Like, no one else in the circle's like, yo, why this guy not aging? Is no one else like... They're just like, I guess he uses, like, Olay. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> Do we have to bleep that out? <laughs> I guess he uses redacted. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he uses non-branded moisturizer. Yeah. Like, it's no one like, hey... What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I guess not. Like, a 20-year-old looks very different to a 30-year-old. Yeah, sure. A 20-year-old looks very different. But some people, like, look young. Way younger than they are. When you're 20, Sorry. your skin is still, like, taut, you know? You're like, <laughs> you, t- you turn 25 and you're just a sack of bones. <laughs> I'm turning 25, guys. <laughs> How does that make you feel? It's not good. Mm. You would know. You're, like, 30 now. I'm <laughs> 25. I'm 25. Turning 26. That's when my life's really over. Dorian confines himself to the house in fear. Part of him thinks that it might be a figment of his imagination. But this idea scares him too because it would mean that conscience can actually make you hallucinate and he wonders if that's the case. You know, he has so many things on his conscience that like he might never get any rest in his entire life. That's where the opium comes in. 100%. Dorian finally ventures out of his room after three days and he goes on a hunting trip with all the other dudes. That's not good. While out in the hills, Dorian sees... No one give him a weapon, please. (laughs) Dorian sees a beautiful hare. A hare? H-A-R-E. Oh. (laughs) Like a rabbit. Um, but bigger, I guess. I was like, is he gonna tie it around a fucking grass? (laughs) Just one strand. His companion's about to shoot the hare, and he begs him not to kill it. The other man laughs at his sensitivity, and he shoots anyway. Oh, no. However, when he does, they hear the cry, the agonized cry of a man. Who was hiding in the bushes and was hit by the bullet. Oh, I thought the, the hair was very important to him. He's <laughs> <was> like, my <laughs> wife! <laughs> so this man caught the whole charge of shot square in his chest. Oh. Dorian is afraid it's a bad omen. Though Henry says, destiny is too wise or too cruel to send Oh my god, Henry, enough. <laughs> enough out of you. <laughs> um, who was the man? Was it James? No, it was some random. Oh, was... in the bushes. Yeah, yeah it was James. Oh, um, he was just stalking. Yeah, we later learn, here we go, that the man is not one of the shooting party, but actually a complete stranger, a sailor by the name of James Vane. I did it way more dramatic before. Well, I was just, I was too yeah. quick for you. Yeah, you're just, you're on the ball. I'm on it. So after finding that out this, he finally feels safe and he actually cries a little bit. Oh, yeah. In relief. After several weeks, Dorian visits Harry. He grandiosely claims that he's turned his life around. And will only be virtuous from now on. And he tells Harry about an opportunity he had to deflower an innkeeper's daughter nice. that he turned down. Oh, good for you, To Dorian. preserve her innocence. <laughs> good for you. He's like, virgin? Not tonight. <laughs> Harry laughs it off and changes the subject. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He wants to talk about the recent suicide of Alan Campbell. You remember him? The doctor, the scientist? Ah. Uh... And Basil Hallwood's weird disappearance. Yeah, he's like, where's Basil? 
And also, why did Alan kill himself? And Dorian's like tugging on his collar, like, is it hot in here? And Dorian's like, well, I didn't fuck a virgin. <laughs> we can talk about that. Like, her cherry unpopped. <laughs> My dick not wet. <laughs> <laughs> My hands covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think about it. It's fine, Harry. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm walking out, but it's fine. Like, I'm walking backwards, but it's good. <laughs> I'm moonwalking out of here. <laughs> Don't call the cops, all right? I'll catch you. Dorian asks if Harry thinks that Basil could have been murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Testing the waters. It's like casually. Oh, what Murder? Murder? Who said that? What? <laughs> Whoa! Someone's throwing out crazy ideas. Murder? What? <laughs> Who said that? And Harry dismisses the idea. Then Dorian asks, what would you say, Harry, if I told you that I had murdered Basil? Just see, just throw another hypothetical, like, crazy idea. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> what would be just crazy? What do you think, Harry? so crazy. <laughs> Lord Henry laughs this off too. And as if Dorian isn't enough on edge, Harry casually asks, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose, how does the quotation run, his own soul? <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote <laughs> and Dorian jumps in his skin it's almost like Harry knows but Harry explains that it was something he heard a street preacher say <laughs> he's like heard it on the streets it's fine he starts to make fun of the street preacher but Dorian cuts him short insisting that the soul is very real <laughs> so you don't get it man <laughs> Lord Henry laughs it off again but then asks Dorian straight up how he's managed to remain so young after all these yeah, years yeah he's like you know what you know what I want to talk about <laughs> He praises Dorian's lifestyle and tells him not to spoil it by trying to be virtuous. He's like, you're just living for yourself. I think that's great. You do you. <laughs> I'd you, love that for you. You look amazing. Dorian, who's feeling regretful, asks him not to loan anyone else the yellow book, which has had such a corrupting effect on his own character. Lord Henry scoffs at that. He says, art has no influence upon action. The books that the world calls immoral are books that show the world its own shame. Oh, so, kind of calling out Dorian there. Like, um, don't blame this on a book. You yeah, did he's like, things. the book didn't hold you at gunpoint and go, yeah, do it. <laughs> hold you at gunpoint and say, you killed my sister. <laughs> Wait. That was James Fane. As a book? <laughs> yeah, he's just like a book in a hat on the street. <laughs> like a trench coat. He's like seven books. <laughs> <laughs> he like opens, <laughs> his mouth is like opening the book. <laughs> That's how he talks. He's a Muppet of a book. He's a Muppet version. That night when he gets home, Dorian goes to the secret room to look at his portrait. He hopes his decision to go straight will have changed the painting. But there's no change in the portrait, except that, quote, in the eyes there was the look of cunning, and in the mouth the curved wrinkle of the hypocrite. <laughs> I'm just like, you're just, what? That, that's subjective. <laughs> <laughs> he realizes that his pitiful attempt to reform himself was no more than hypocrisy an attempt to minimize the seriousness of his crimes that falls far short. So in rage, he takes out the same knife that he used to kill Basil and he slashes at the painting. Oh no. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, the It's either like Hercules and like the painting breaks the knife or um, the knife ends up cutting him. Like mm. you know? In the house below, Doreen's servants hear a scream and a thump. After they're able to break the door down, they're confronted with the picture of Dorian Gray. Oh, there's the book title. (laughs) Ding. Showing Dorian Gray as the same beautiful young man Basil Hallward originally painted. 
On the floor is the ugly, bent, and disfigured body of an old man. Oh, man, I didn't get it. With a knife plunged into his heart. Oh, I kind of got it. They are only able to identify him by the rings on his fingers. Who? It's Dorian Gray. Well, yeah, yes. And that is the end. Oh, that's the end. Of the story. That's pretty good. He killed himself. Yeah. Unintentionally. Mm. His guilt killed him. Yeah, he got what was coming to him. Mm. Oh my god, look, fucking Harry, such a little edge. Like, I know, I love it. He's just like, you know what he is? He's, he's, he's a little shit steerer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he doesn't do anything. He just, yeah. he like, he's a little agent of chaos, you know? <laughs> he just like mixes the waters a bit and he like... You know what I think it is? I think it's like the cronk from the Emperor's New Grooves, what? Shoulder Angel and Shoulder oh Devil. Oh my god. What a Lord great Henry's reference. Lord the Shoulder Devil and Basil's the Shoulder Angel. But yeah, a lot of people point out that both Lord Henry and Basil mm-hmm. preach morality at Dorian, but neither of them really follow... They don't do anything. Follow either of their own things. Like Ideologies. Like, yeah. yeah, Basil has this, like, I mean, I guess, impure love for Dorian or whatever. And then Lord Henry, he's a very respectable man with, like, a wife. And yeah, he's He fine. never does anything wrong. He's just chilling. But he yeah. just, he's, he just, just, he's just edgy. <laughs> he just says all this, like, outlandish shit. But yeah, but which people are delighted by because they don't... Take him seriously. He's yeah. just a little edgelord. Yeah. He can get away with so much. Mm. That's why I was thinking before, when you mentioned Jude Law, I'm like, oh, Jude Law could play Lord Henry. Like, now, now that he's a bit older. I think he'd do a really good job. Well, I am very excited for the movie. Yeah. Because I want to see this painting, and I want to see Colin Firth as an edgelord. Yeah, that would be interesting. Like, isn't that just great? Be, I'm afraid he won't be likable. Well, I don't think he's meant to be likable. I, I think we're, I think we're just being a bit weird about it. I suppose. I don't. Is it weird that we like Henry? I don't think so. I don't think he's meant to be likable. Yeah. I think we find him funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like him as a person. I feel like I'd be annoyed by him. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, do something. Stop talking about it. <laughs> you talk the talk. You gotta walk the walk. You know? He just talks about being edgy without being actually edgy. Mm-hmm. Like, get some bangs. I don't know. Get some, <laughs> some bangs. <laughs> well, have, let us know what you guys think. <laughs> did, you, did you learn anything? <laughs> like and subscribe. Because I, um, what did I learn? I learned yeah, that. Yeah, what did you learn? Well, now I can talk about the picture of Dorian Gray if someone on the street asks me, like, hey, you read this? I'm like, in a way. <laughs> in a way, it That's read me. That's the best answer. If I'm like, have you read this? Someone's like, in a way. A, like, I want to know more. It's like when someone's like, That's the second biggest pile of pizza boxes I've ever seen. I'm like, well, tell me more. What was the first? No, that's all you get. <laughs> concede (laughs) I'm a grasshopper but on the tied around your word hair (laughs) on the canoe of life (laughs) sailing through the rapids (laughs) at least five